Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. How's everybody doing? Let us pray. Father, we just honor you this morning. Thank you for the privilege to be called your sons and daughters. We thank you, Lord, for this season that we are in, the season of Christmas. Emmanuel, God is with us. We thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we approach your word with humility, with reverence. Lord, I get out of the way. None of me, but all of you. Spirit, soul, body. Lord, speak through me. As every word that you want to speak, nothing more, nothing less. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Oh, that's better. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Come on, let's do better than that. Merry Christmas. Woo, hallelujah. Feliz Navidad. So I'm excited to bring the word of God this morning, as always. Um, and I don't take this honor very lightly. Um, I spend time before the Lord to find out what he wants me to say. And whatever he says is what I'm saying. You like it or not, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. So this morning, uh, normally uh, a few days before Christmas, you're preaching a Christmas message. But the Lord is saying, this is what I want you to speak on. And the title of the message is, It Shall Come to Pass. It shall come to pass. The efficacy, the efficacy of the word of God. Amen? If you have a Bible, open to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hallelujah. Actually, uh, used this passage with my family in our prayer time last night. Hebrews chapter 4, from verse 1 to 12. I'm actually just going to read verse 1, verse 2, and uh, verse 12. Verse 1 says, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left of, of us of entering into his rest, any of us should have seemed to have come short of it. For unto us was the gospel, the good news, preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and of the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So when you look at verse 2 and verse 12, they seem to be contradictory. In verse 2, it says, For unto us the gospel, the good news, 
was preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them because they did not mix the word with faith. We are going somewhere. And then verse 12 says, the word of God is living, alive, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and is able to discern between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and nothing is eaten from it. So I've broken the, uh, the message into three categories that we are going to look at today. God is almighty. That's the first category. The second category, be strong and very courageous. And the last one, hindrances to the word of God coming to pass. We just read that the word of God is living, powerful. Nothing can stand in front of it. But I want to show you from the word, there are some things that can make the word of God of no effect. We just saw in Hebrews that we just read, they did not mix faith with the word, and so the word did not produce. The Bible talked about 30, 60, and 100-fold return. We are going somewhere this morning. Now, I want to say to you, your perspective of God affects your faith in God. Your perspective of God Affect your faith in God. Daniel 11.32. It's not in your outline. And that's why I don't like giving outline because I prepared the outline and then Friday God started talking to me. Saturday he's talking to me and he's adding more to it. So he's like, okay, that one is old now. Praise the Lord. In Daniel 11.32, the Bible says, those who do know their God shall be strong and do mighty exploits. Not those who go to church. Okay? Not those who talk about God. It's good to talk about God. But he said those who koinonia, those who know their God, shall be strong and they shall do exploits. I, I did a study on the word shall. Because if you look at our title, it shall come to pass. It's one of the, there are some, we use shall today, but we don't use it like they use it back in the Middle Ages, back in Bible times. Shall express a future tense with a strong assertion of something that is going to come to pass. And when you look at the word of God, it's repeated over and over and over again, and it shall come to pass, and it came to pass, and it shall come to pass. And it came to pass, as it was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, that thus and thus will happen. And it came to pass that Jesus went into so, such and such a place because it has been prophesied. I'm telling you this morning, the word of God carries everything that God is. Amen. Let me repeat that. The word of God carries everything that God is. You know, pastor was, you know, stealing my material this morning. But he's not really stealing it because it's the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In case that's not clear enough, when you jump down to verse 14, the Bible says, The Word took on flesh, the person of Jesus Christ. So when we read the Word of God, when we study the Word of God, you are studying God. Amen? Hallelujah. 
and God is mighty. I said earlier that God is mighty. I like that. Let me say to this group over here, God is mighty. That's not my opinion. It's the reality of who he is. You know, last, uh, every time after I preach, people will come to me and tell me how the message blessed them, and it always blesses me. But somebody came to me last time and said, what, what, what do you mean by El Gibor? Because I say it a lot, you know, lately. And the reason I'm saying it is because God is taking me through it. So I want to take us through um, what, we mean, what I mean by El Gibor so that I can clarify it. If you go to Isaiah 9, 6, I'm talking about God is mighty. And that's the reason that we can believe that whatever God says will come to pass. Come hell or high water. Whatever the devil does, what God says will come to pass. It shall come to pass. In Isaiah 9 says, I can quote it. I want you guys to put your eyes on it. The Bible says, for unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. So now in one of my studies, the Lord highlighted the word Mighty God. So I have a study resource that I use, and I think Daniel Christian also uses that. It's called Blue Letter Bible, one word. It's an app that you can download on your phone. It's available online. I love it because you can do a lot of study. I have concordances that I carry around, but you don't need that anymore because all of them are available online. So in Blue Letter Bible, if you look up, if you click on the, the verse, Isaiah 9, 6, and you drill down to mighty God, that's where you find Gibor. Mighty God. Yeah, 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 yeah. This God that we serve, that is your papa, is not small speaking. He's not just uh, like any other God, no. He's mighty. That's why what God says will come to pass. Come hell or high water. Because he has what it takes to make it good. You know, pastor loves me. He, I, I, think he li- I think he likes me. Because he lets me, you know, you know, step on the pulpit. He's the guardian of this altar. So no, I mean, it's not mandatory that he has to let me do this. But I want to submit to you, pastor doesn't like me as much as he likes his children. And I, I wouldn't want to compete with that. I would not want to compete with that. If you are a son and a daughter of God, he will go to bat for you any day, over any situation, over any circumstances that you're going through. So if pastor has $5, let's say, and one of his daughters needed $5, and I need $5, who do you think he's going to give it to? <laughs> and I will be perfectly okay with that, because I will do the same thing with my own kids. So don't, don't think that if I have five bucks and my kids need money and you need money, I'm going to give it to you. Sorry, buddy. It's going to her. And I'm trying to show you how 
powerful our God is and how much he will go to any length to help you. If you look at that root word, I'm trying to pace myself because somebody told me that I go really, really fast. So I'm trying to slow down. <laughs> Amen. You go too fast and uh, half of the time we don't hear what you're saying. So I'm trying to slow down. One of the meaning of El Gibor is somebody that is enduringly strong. Enduringly strong, mighty. There's nothing that you can compare it with. You know, when you think about the strength of God when it comes to physicality, we saw that in the, uh, in the book of Judges, when the anointing of God came upon Samson. The manifestation of the raw demonstration of the power of God he is mighty. So that means whatever God has said in his written word, what he has said to you, he has a capability to make it good. You know, I was meditating yesterday and the Lord gave me an example. If somebody walks into the room today and they are not dressed, you know, they are dressed very you know, low-key, low-key, not like me. And the person walks up to me and says, hey, Bishop, I'm going to give you half a million dollars. And I'll say, okay, fine, good, that's awesome. And the reason I'll, I'll behave that way is because of the way they are presenting themselves. And then maybe Pastor Willie or Pastor Tom say, hey, Bishop, do you know who that is? And they say, oh, let me tell you who that is. His name is so-and-so, he's worth $200 million. What happens to my faith? <laughs> What happens to my faith that this guy can actually give me half a million dollars? He goes off the road, off the charts. What I'm trying to show is this. The God of heaven that said whatever he said to you, both in the written word and in the prophetic word, look at his bank account. <laughs> he is able to make it good. He is able to make it good. That's why I said earlier, your perspective of God affects your faith. If you have a small God, you have a small faith, and you have a small hope, and you have a small manifestation. But our God is a big God. Hallelujah. Another word that speaks to how big God is, is Shaddai, where we get the word El Shaddai. When you see words like Hel Gibor, Hel means God, and then Gibor means mighty. El Shaddai, El Elyon. When you see words like that, that begins with El, Hel speaks of God. El Shaddai also means almighty. In fact, scripture says, once I God spoken, twice I have heard it, that power belongs to God. Power belongs to God. He carries it all. When God shows up, everything must adjust. Every situation around you must adjust when God shows up. That's why we want to start with that, because when we talk about it shall come to pass, not just tickling your spirit, man. I'm not just trying to make you excited. I'm telling you what the word says. It shall come to pass. No matter how long that situation has been, no matter how much the doctor said, well, we don't know. It's, it, this is not going to, this is the way we think it's going to end up. 
But they are not the one that made you. Amen. They are not the one that made you. Yes. Doctors can help you up to a point. But then we have one of his name, Rafa. Don't get me started on Rafa. Yes. He's mighty. Yes. I'm just taking my time this morning because I really want to help you to see that God is able to do what he said he would do. There's a song that we sing in my home country. I don't know if you guys know this. God is able to do just what he said he would do. He's going to fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God because he won't give up on you. He's able. God is able. God is more than able. He is more than able. He is mighty. He is strong. So now, when we put all of that together, it puts you in a frame of mind that no matter how big the promise is, no matter how far-fetched it looks like, no matter how much time has passed, and doctors keep telling you, or your finances keep going from bad to worse, and it looks like what God has said is not going to work, stand on the truth that he is mighty. He is mighty. The reason my faith changed in the example that I gave us was because I saw how truly wealthy this man is. Half a million dollars, it's a lot of money. But to him, whatever. Parabim, parabam, you can have it. And the other thing that makes God so reliable, you know, I was meditating on that yesterday. God is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. He is the epitome of love. And guess what? His love is directed at you. All of it. So, if there was just only you on the earth, Jesus would still have come, died, so that he will rescue you. We don't have time. You know the parable of the, the 99 and the lost sheep? He will still have come. So you have this powerful combination. He's almighty. He's El Gibor, El Shaddai. And he's love. And that love is directed at you. Let's celebrate. It's time to celebrate. You are not going to lose. You will not lose. God's word will come to pass in your life. Now, let's go to the second part. In Joshua chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, God began to speak to Joshua as the next uh, leader of God's people. And in that chapter chapter 1, he spoke to him many things. But what I want to call out from that was, he told him to be strong and courageous. Let's look at it. In Joshua 1, verse number 6, 9, and verse 18, he spoke to him and said, be strong and be very courageous. Look at verse 9. He said, have I not commanded you, be strong and be of a good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, 
for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, why would God tell you to be strong and be courageous? Because there will be reasons for you not to be strong and to be fearful. That's why he was telling Joshua ahead of time, be strong and be courageous. Know the man or the God that is going with you. You know, I tell, I tell on myself many times. So I went out outside just a few minutes ago to go and take water. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, are you ready? I said, yes, Lord. He said, you know I'm going with you. <laughs> I'm going with you. And he, t- he talks to me like that. He talks to me like that. And he encourages my heart. He said, I'm going with you. And the Lord showed me a vision. Uh, I don't know if I share it, but I, I will share it because I already said it. There are, you know, somebody said in the course of the ministration that there are angels. I think pastor said that. Angels here. And there are, there's, a, there's a particular angel here that's full of fire. There's fire all over this altar right now. Fire all over this altar. You know, like if a butterfly opens their wing, that's the way I saw it, and then it's dripping of fire. I don't know how to explain it. And God is with us. He's with us. So God is telling Joshua to be strong and to be courageous because there will be reasons for you to fear. There will be reasons for you to want to back away. There will be reasons for you to want to run away. Know the God that is behind you. You have to sit yourself down and begin to meditate and see the God. I said... Your perspective of God affects your outlook on everything. If your God can only help you through your job, through your finances from your job, then you have a limited God. He's El Shaddai, the multi-breasted God, the God that is more than enough. Amen? I'm I'm not going to rush this morning. I'm just going to take my time. Now, let's look at a couple of verses that are not on your outline. Jeremiah 1.12. The Bible says, God watches over his word to perform it. He watches over it to make it good. So, God doesn't just talk like we talk. You know, I was meditating on that yesterday, and, and God began to show me that many times the reason that we don't believe God to the level that we need to is because we see God the way we see men. Because men will say stuff and they mean well. They say, I'm going to do so and so for you. And then when the time comes for them to do it, they are not able to do it. So they disappoint you. But that will never happen with God. Because he is almighty. I'm having some feedback over here. He is almighty. There is nothing that God promises you that is, he, can, he cannot cash. His bank account is inexhaustible. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about Jesus. He is more than enough God. I know 2020 has been a, 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 a troubling year for many people. But in the midst of it, you are still here. 
you are still standing. It's because of him. It's because of him. So God began to tell Joshua to be strong. God is telling you also to be strong because there will be situations that will come your way, circumstances that will come your way that will make you to question. I know God is big, but this one, I don't know. This one, you know, this is what the doctor said. This is what my finances look like. This is what it looks like. I, I don't know. You have to get to a place where you set to. And know that your God will not yes. fail you. Amen. Hallelujah. God is a big God. Isaiah 55, 11. The Bible says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, it shall prosper in the things which I have sent it to do. So when God speaks, it's not like when we speak. We are having a conversation. We are just talking. No, 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 no. That's not God. When God speaks, he meant what he said. He said what he meant. Amen? So when God says, your healing is coming, Number one, it's already written in the logos. You have it in the logos. And now the Lord is saying by the Holy Ghost to you that you are going to get your healing. They agree. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care, you know, the trials and the, uh, we have to do some trial. This is something that I've also learned because we grow. We grow as we mature with the Lord. When I was a younger Christian... I was of the opinion because I follow Kenneth Higgins, and I, and I forget that Kenneth Higgins started somewhere before he got to where he was. So I want to be where he is and, and, and skip all the steps. You know, there are seasons in your life that it's okay to attack whatever the enemy is attacking you with on many fronts. On the spiritual front and on the natural front. Go to the doctor, get the medicine, get the treatment, whatever, and still be believing God. They, don't, they are not in... in um, they are not against each other. As a younger believer, I felt that they were. Yes. So I just stand. I just stand. I suffer through a lot of things. <laughs> I just stand. Like, no, I believe God. I just believe God. And God was honoring my faith there. But then I've matured. I've grown in that area. So don't condemn yourself. Don't let the enemy condemn you because you are taking some treatment or taking uh, some medication for this or that then you are, you know, your, your faith is lopsided. No. But don't stay there either. Grow. Grow to a place where you don't need the medicine anymore. Go to a place where God cannot use you to be laying hands on others. That's where God is taking us as a church. A glorious church without spot or wrinkle. I mean, think about it. If you are, you know, you've got like 50 medicine you have to take every day and, oh... Your body know the trouble I've seen. How are you going to have time to pray for anybody? You ain't got no time to pray for nobody. But God, don't, don't stay condemned there. I'm not saying that to condemn you. You understand what I'm saying. But grow to a place where you don't need it. And begin to feed your spirit man. Begin to feed your spirit man on what healing is and what the word of God says about healing. 
on faith and how to receive it, how to activate it, how to make it work. Remember Hebrews 4 that we read? It said, the word preached to them did not profit them because they did not mix the word with faith. You've got to mix faith with it in order for it to work. You know, in the next couple of days, as we do Christmas, on Christmas Day, there are many, many of you that are, woof, my caliente, you know, fantastic in the kitchen. <laughs> you are going to be cooking all kinds of stuff. You know recipes that come with that particular dish. If you miss one or two of them, it's not going to turn out the way it's supposed to. Well, the same thing. The word of God has to be mixed with faith in order for it to perform, in order for you to see the manifestation. We say it shall come to pass. Now we are beginning to see some of the things, responsibility that we have in order for the word of God to deliver in our lives. Thus saith the Lord, God has spoken. Now what? Should I just sit on my bum and just wait for it to, to come to pass? No! You agonize, man. You pray. Ah, oh, glory to God. You pray and you intercede and you stand in faith until the word of God comes to pass in your life. Amen? You don't let up. You don't give up. You don't back down for any reason. Hallelujah. So be strong and be very courageous. I said that the word of God is powerful. It's full of life. It is God himself. But God's word can be stopped. We've talked about some of them already. I want us to pay attention to this because we say all of these wonderful things, and oh, that's wonderful, that's a great message. But what are you doing on Monday? What are you doing on Tuesday? What are you doing on Wednesday? You know, we have services on Wednesday. Sometimes I'm not able to come because of work and life. Uh, but do you even make attempts to come? I know I'm stepping on some toes. It's Christmas season. Be nice. <laughs> do you even make an attempt to come and feed your spirit man? What is your study life like? What do you spend your days on? You go to work and then you come back home. Do you even open your Bible? Oh, I'm stepping on toes right now. But I know you love me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you read your Bible? Pastor Willie was having a yeah, um, casual conversation with me, and he said something to me that he didn't even know how much it meant to me. And he said sometimes, even we preachers, we are guilty of this. The only time we read the Bible is when we want to preach. But we read the Bible for fellowship with the Father. When he said that, I said, <clears throat> <Wow>. <laughs> Uppercut. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have to be teachable. You have to be teachable. The Bible says the word of God is for reproof, for correction, that a man of God may be built up. If you think you got it all figured out, you are of all, of all men most miserable. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Bible says we know in part and we prophesy in part. So, uh, glory to God. I just love this church. You know, uh, Sister Terry uh, came to me this morning and gave me a message that the Lord gave her in a vision. And she did not know that it was exactly a conversation I was having with the Lord yesterday. She got the word yesterday, and God was talking to me about the same thing yesterday. God is speaking. 
Amen? But if you are not open, your heart is not open. Like right now, the word of God is going on. Maybe you are thinking about lunch. You're missing out. Forget about lunch. Think about lunch later. I know I'm guilty of it. Sometimes the word of God is going on, and then the thought crosses your mind. And then before you know it, you follow that rabbit trail for the last 10 minutes. And then you're like, ah, what did Pastor Tom say again? You just missed it. Make sure that when you are in the sanctuary, be here. When you are listening to the word of God, be listening to the word of God. Don't be doing anything else. Stay focused. Praise the Lord. So what are the things that can stop the word of God from being fruitful in your life? Tradition. Praise the Lord. Tradition. In Mark chapter 7, let's go there real quick. I don't usually flow in chronological order, so you have to give me grace, like Lisa would say. If you look at verse 13, because of time, Mark 7. Did I say Mark 7? 13. If you look at verse 13, he said, making the word of God of no effect through your traditions which you have handed down and many such things you do. No, there's a difference between tradition and doctrine. Doctrine is founded in scripture. But tradition are things like uh, the stuff you do that is no basis in scripture. For example, uh, I said last time that I like to dress up, and I do. Um, I got that from my dad. My dad, if you see, my, if you remember my dad, he was a suit guy. And in every culture, you have casual clothes and dressy clothes, whether it's Asian culture, African culture, every culture. This is uh, dressy clothes in, in the West, Europe, America. So we have a dressy clothes in Africa. So my dad is always dressed up, always. So I took my cue from him. So, but then I also find in scripture, again, I'm, I'm in stepping on toes territory now. I find in scriptures, every time people will have an, uh, an approach unto the Lord, like Joshua the high priest. Remember they said he had a filthy garment and then they removed that garment because he needed to step before the Lord. And then in the Old Testament, God told them to get ready, wash your clothes, prepare your heart. I'm not just talking about clothes. Don't, don't misunderstand that. Your heart has to be ready to. Let me give you a very good example that you can relate to. If you are invited to the White House today to meet with the president, I want to bet every dollar I got that nobody will show up in the White House in flip-flops or shorts. Praise the Lord. You know why? It's not about what you are wearing. It's honor for that office. Now, we are talking about the king of kings and the lord of lords. Does that mean that you have to be dressed up every time you talk to God? No, that's not what I'm saying. But we have this, some, this phrase that we use, Sunday best. Where does that come from? 
because we are approaching unto God. I'm not telling you to go and change your wardrobe, okay? Don't throw stones. But I'm giving you scriptures. Some, it's a tradition. The Bible says it makes the word of God of no effect through our traditions. What are those traditions that you have personally or that we have as a body that's preventing the word of God from producing in our life? Of course, the biggest hindrance to the word of God producing in our life is unbelief. Unbelief. That's why we started with painting the picture of how big God is. Because your faith is based on how you see him. Period. Your faith is based on how you see God. So if you see God as a mighty God that can do anything, that can help you, no matter how much the expert said, no matter how bad the situation is, then he's going to turn it around. In Mark chapter 9, and I gave us some uh, other references, Matthew 17, 14 to 21, Luke 9, the same story is there, but Mark 9, Jesus was on the mount being transfigured with Peter, James, and John. And as he was coming down with the entourage, the three, the three of them, he saw there was a commotion going down at the base of the camp, at the base of the mount. And basically what happened was there was a man that came in the crowd, brought his son that was epileptic, had a, you know, some type of illness, some demon. And he told the disciples to cast out that demon. Yes. And you know the story. And the disciples couldn't cast him out. And Jesus said, how long will I be with you? Bring him unto me. You faithless generation. That's what Jesus said. And then after Jesus casted him out, the, the disciples came to him privately and said, Lord, why couldn't we cast that out? He said, the first thing that Jesus said was, because of your unbelief. You know what we camp on? This kind does not go out but by prayer and fasting. He did say that. I want to give us, you know, when you read the word of God, there are multi-layers of meaning. I do believe that, yes, this kind does not go out but by prayer and fasting. Now I want to ask us a question, something that will make you stay awake tonight. Is there a demon that you command in the name of Jesus, I will say, no, go and fast and pray. Is there a demon that you, any hierarchy of demon that you will command in the name of Jesus, and he will tell you, no, I'm not leaving, you, you need to go and fast and pray. Because that's what we believe. And so, you approach unto something, and you say, ah, sorry, sister, you're going to have to come back on Friday. I got to get my fasting on. <laughs> or may, maybe we don't even say that, but you approach it with that sense of, I'm not adequate. But Jesus, the name of Jesus, has authority over every demon, every principality, every power. That's why when they ask Jesus, why couldn't we cast it out? Because of your unbelief. We want the word of God to come to pass in our life. You have to get rid of unbelief. You have to get rid of unbelief. As powerful as God's word is, Hebrews 4, the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. 
Your tradition, your unbelief will stop it dead in the tracks. It will stop it dead in the tracks. We don't want that. We want the word of God to come to pass in our life. And so that's why God is bringing all these messages to us. God is mighty. It's not a cliche. It's not something we say in church. It's truly mighty. It's clothed in majesty. Oh, let me talk about my God. The Bible says he knows my name. You know, many years ago, um, I hear uh, leaders in the church, you know, like Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, and when they are saying how God is talking to them, they will say, hey, Kenneth. This is the Lord talking to them. Hey, Kenneth, and then this and this and this. So one day, after hearing, this was many years ago, I said, Lord, how come you don't call my name? You know, like when you talk to me, hey, Bishop, hey, uh, uh, Jesse, hey, uh, Lisa, whatever. You know, call my name and then talk to me. Say, God, why don't you do that? But I find in the Bible, in Isaiah 43, 1, that he knows my name. He knows your name. He knows what you are going through. Amen? Whether he calls your name or not, he knows your name. Amen? The Bible says he thinks about me all the time. He has no other job. He's thinking about me all the time. I'm very special to him. I don't know about you, but he thinks about me all the time. It's in the Bible. (laughs) Psalm 139, verse 17. His thoughts towards me are too numerous. That's what scripture said. It's too much to count. He's thinking about me all the time. You know, many of you that you are in love with your spouses, you think about them sometimes. Pastor Willie, right? Not all the time. You can't do it. It's, it's practically impossible. You got to go to work. You got to think about lunch. You got to think about what you're going to wear. You got to think about all, a bunch of stuff. Think about money for guys. Uh, how are we going to pay for that? How are we gonna, but God thinks about you all the time. That's how much he loves you. The Bible says God will fight for you in any battle, in every battle. Exodus 14, 40, the Lord God will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. God will, uh, Moses was talking to the children of Israel as they were approaching the Red Sea. He said the Lord God will fight for you and you will hold your peace. Yes. All of these things that I'm sharing with you is to build your faith that is truly mighty. Yes. Amen? Amen? That is truly mighty. It's not just a cliche. He is truly mighty. The Bible says he is always with you. Emmanuel. We are celebrating Christmas. God with us. And if you are born again, he lives inside of you. Yes. We have this conversation at home with my kids all the time. Say, I, I ask them, where is God? Uh, in heaven? No, no, no. Yeah, he's there, but where, where is really God? Because I really want them to know, to have that awareness that I carry God. You're looking for God? He's right here. 
you're looking for God, it's right there inside of you. He's there. Am I preaching heresy this morning? He's in there. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I mentioned many, many messages ago. I said, if anybody, any child of God says I'm alone, they are lacking understanding of scripture. If you are in the room by yourself, first of all, there are angels there. The Holy Ghost is in you. The Father is in you. The Son is in you. You are a company. Every time you move, you are a company. Every time you go, you are a company. You are not alone. You are never alone. People that say that they are alone, that they have you know, anxiety attack, I'm not trying to knock it down, I'm not trying to demean them or anything like that. It's lack of understanding of this truth. You have to meditate to the point that you know that you know that you know that you carry God. No matter what's going on, you will never see me down. I have challenges, you all know. You know. But I don't carry it around and you know wear it on my face. Not because I don't care, but because I know what he has said to me in his word and what he has said to me personally, and I focus on that. Remember Peter. Peter is a very good example for us. While he was looking at Jesus, he was walking on water. The moment he took his eye off of Jesus, then he began to sink. As a child of God, God's will for you is to live above circumstances. Is to live above sickness, disease, circumstances. The Bible says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. You notice that verse, it said, I wish. Because it's up to you. That's my desire for you. But it's up to you to activate, to engage it, and make it good in your life. You have to walk the word in order for the word to work for you. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. That's why I alluded earlier, what's your study life like? What are you studying? You know, Mama and I, we are talking about quantum physics and, 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 and so many other topics. And many, many people in the church, we have com- spiritual conversation. We provoke each other to righteousness. What are you talking about? Oh, what's my list? You know, I got to, you know, uh, the spotting thing. That's good. You know, you need to do that. If that's your thing, do, do what you got to do. But you have to have time for the word of God. You have to have time for the Holy Spirit. In order for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, you have to make time for him. You have to make time for him. And it's not just, oh, I'm an adult or I'm a young person, teenager, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever your age is. There's a saying in my language, what is important to you will be prevalent, you spend most of your time and resources in that. So if I come to your life right now and I see where you spend your time, where you spend your resources, where you spend your energy, that's what's important to you. You can say anything else. You can tell me God is important to you. You can tell me the Holy Ghost is important. Oh, I love him. I love the Holy Ghost. 
But where do you spend your energy? Where do you spend your time? Have you been lost in worship any time that three hours, four hours has elapsed? Amen? We have to provoke each other to higher things, to deeper things in God. Amen? 2021 is about to begin. At the beginning of the year, everybody do uh, New Year resolution. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. No, 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 no. Don't do the New Year resolution. Make a decision, a godly decision. And say, this is what I'm going to do. And stick by it. When July comes around, you are growing, you are growing, you are developing your spirit man. You have a time for prayer, you have a time for worship. Uh, two Saturdays ago, I, I got up, I, I usually get, get up about the same time, around five, between five and six. So I got up, and I was going to go see my kids, just see what they're doing. And then I went downstairs, um, and I've got my phone with me, and there's a worship song that I, I've been introduced to recently, and I love it. You know, my kids can, can tell you. So I started, you know, listening to it. And three and a half hours later, I was still there, sobbing, and just worshiping, and just praying. I mean, I, I, I was just lost there. Wow. It was almost 9 a.m. in the morning, and I was like, okay, maybe we should go make breakfast or something. <laughs> and it happens repeatedly, repeatedly. And in moments like that is when God will speak to you. He's a good God. He's a kind God. He's a good, good God. So we say it shall come to pass. Yes, it will come to pass. But you have a part to play. You have to be a student of the word. You know, Walter Goy uh, did a series in the last several Wednesdays. Blown away by it. I mean, it seems very intellectual. But I love stuff like that. Challenged me. In fact, there was one chart that he was doing. He showed a chart of uh, the children of Israel in Genesis of how the fact that Noah and Adam, they saw each other. God of heaven is my witness and my daughter is my witness. Earlier in the year, I was doing a study led by the Holy Spirit. And I started doing that on my own. I have the spreadsheet. I can send it to you after the service if you want to prove me. I started looking, I started mapping it out. Noah was born on this particular year, and he died on this. And so I have the charts, just like what is. When I saw it, I was like, oh, my God. And what does that mean? I was telling my kids, I said, when Adam was alive, he was having conversation with Enoch because they saw each other. This is what God looks like in the cool of the day. Can you imagine that? Because the guy lived a long time. He actually saw Enoch. Study it. Praise the Lord. So things like that have to be important in your heart. I'm not saying don't go about your business, don't go to your job. You got to provide for your family. You got to do that. But have a hunger and a thirst that's deeper than where you are right now. God is calling you and I to deeper waters. We are going into 2021. There is a, a massive move of God that is about to hit the earth. And God is preparing laborers, you and I, to be a part of that. This is not over. Amen? This is just getting warmed up. So what God has said to you will surely come to pass. Now, there are some categories, and I alluded to that in my last message. There are some categories of things that God will say 
uh, prophetic word, if you will, that will come to pass, whatever you do or you don't do. Apocalyptic type of prophecy, like for example, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the end time prophecies, they are going to happen, whether we pray or not. But when it comes to personal prophecies, the word that God has given to you as an individual that you've seen in the written word, you have to labor. You have to labor. Labor in the word. You know, the apostles, there was some confusion during the time of the apostles. They were concerned about the, uh, the widows, the d- distribution of food to the widows. You know what I'm talking about in the book of Acts. And they wanted to appoint uh, elders to attend to that. Say, so we cannot attend to that. We have to stay with the f- labor in the word and prayer. It cannot be, let's appoint elders to take care of distribution of food. We stay in the labor of the word and of prayer. Amen? What is your prayer life like? Honestly. What is your study life like? Do you have a study life? Do you have a prayer life? If you don't, the Father is calling you into koinonia, into deeper waters. For some of us, you have to actually book it and say, my prayer time is 9 p.m. every day. Oh, but that time they, they have this show on ABC or, or Fox News or CNBC. Well, TiVo it. Record it. And watch it later. I'm serious. If you truly want to see the heart of the Father. You know, one of the secrets of the Lord Jesus in his earthly ministry was his fellowship time with the Father. One of the number one secrets of the Lord Jesus as a man, as a man rather, filled by the Holy Ghost, was his time with the Lord. Amen? It's in that time that the Lord will tell you secrets. So uh, we, when we were doing, uh, the, the worship team was doing the rehearsal this morning, which was awesome, by the way. So I was, you know, worshiping with them. And while the worship was going, the Lord was talking to me. And the Lord spoke to me about something he said to me last week. He said, I gave you those uh, words last week. You know you didn't look at it all week. Like a regular conversation. And I thought about it. I said, yeah, you're right. I did not look at it all week. He said, I want you to look at it now. And then God began to speak to me. These are personal prophecy. Amen? So, what God is saying this morning, you know, I know the title is, It Shall Come to Pass. I've learned that, you know, I put stuff together by the Holy Ghost, but then when I get up here, it goes wherever it wants it to go. And I've learned not to be rigid and just flow with it. Praise the Lord. Traditions, unbelief will stop your faith from working, or will stop the Word of God from working in your life. Hebrews chapter 4, the Word preached to them as well as to us did not profit them because they did not mix it with faith. So it's not enough for you to hear good word from Pastor Tom, Pastor Willie, Pastor Bishop, or Pastor any pastor that you know. You have to mix faith with it. Just like you're cooking your jambalaya. You have to mix the ingredients correctly. You have to time it correctly at the right temperature. I'm speaking to women right now. Come on. At the right temperature, 
with the right amount of salt, the right amount of pepper. Otherwise, it's not going to turn out good. God is saying you have to mix the word of God with faith in order for the word to produce in your life. Many people say, well, you know, that healing business, he died with the last apostle. Oh, that's not this bunch. That's not this group. I know that. But God is calling us to a place, a higher place, a deeper place of fellowship with him, where God will share secrets with you. Do you know that there are some people that hear secrets about what's happening at the highest level in the government? God tells them. They are unknown. They are not public or anything. God shares with them secrets. You know, when Tony came earlier and shared what she saw, you know there are some people in the crowd that perhaps think, hmm, I wonder if she's just making it up. I felt that by the Holy Ghost. There are some people that don't believe that. When I said about the angel with fire, because you can't see it, it's not there. Come on, people. You know better than that. We are spirit beings, and there are spirit beings all around this room right now. Right now. The fact that you can't see them doesn't mean they don't exist. Amen? God is calling us into deeper waters. Deeper waters. He's speaking to me. He's speaking to you. There are some adjustments that I need to make in my walk with the Lord. There are some adjustments that you need to make in your walk with the Lord. As we enter this Christmas season, I want you to see God for who he truly is. There's a common saying in my, in my country, uh, no shaking. No shaking. In other words, no matter what's happening, God is sitting on the throne like, okay, whatever. Because he runs everything and he has power. He has a plan. People of God, concerning your situation, God has a plan that will be executed at the appropriate time. You know, if you read Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time and a season under heaven. God began to speak to me about that about a month ago. There's a time and a season. There are some things that are scheduled. Amen? That's a word for somebody. There are some miracles that are scheduled. There are some manifestations that are scheduled. When the scheduled time comes, ta-da! Hallelujah! So I want us to rejoice, church. Rejoice. Emmanuel has come. He's mighty. He's strong. He's in love with you. Everything that God has said concerning you will surely come to pass. But you have to be mindful of the minds that we just talked about. Your tradition and primarily unbelief. And how do you get rid of unbelief? We see that in the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was teaching in a particular village. And they began to accuse him. Where is this guy? Where is he coming from? We know him. He's a carpenter. We know his dad. We know his mom. And they began to, you know, put him down. And you know what Jesus did? The Bible said he went around about all the villages teaching. The solution to unbelief is to feed your faith. You don't pray for faith. You feed it. 
You feed it on the word of God and you put your faith to work. Step out of the boat. Once in a while, dip your leg on, on the water and then just jump out of the boat expecting God to catch you. Amen? Amen. Expecting him to catch you. You know he has a lot of angels, right? Hallelujah. He's a good God. I hope this has been a blessing to you. The word of God the word of God is efficacious. The word of God is full of living power. But you can stop it from working in your life because of traditions and because of unbelief. But I know you are smarter than that. You will not allow traditions or unbelief to stop the manifestation of what God has said. And so it shall come to pass. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. Lord, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for the men and the women and the challenges that many of us have and the victories that many of us have seen. Lord, we are going through your word together, growing together, developing together, maturing together. And individually, you are speaking to us. And as a, as a body, you are speaking to us. Lord, I thank you for this season. Lord, I thank you for Global River Church. Thank you, Lord, for the explosion of miracles that is about to break through. God is saying... There's an explosion of the miraculous that is about to settle on the house. Thank you. I believe it. There's an explosion of the miraculous that is about to settle in the house. And that's why I'm sending my word to prepare you, to prepare your heart, so that the train will not pass you by. An explosion of the miraculous that is about to settle on the house multitude will come and partake of it so be prepared just like the bride who trimmed their lamps preparing for the coming of the bride be prepared for I'm moving my spirit is moving in this hour and in this season and everything that I've said will surely come to pass. Position yourself. Align yourself so that the train will not pass you by. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We worship you. We honor you, Jesus. 